Hello and welcome to Bereaved Motherhood and All It Entails. I am your host, Mackenzie Connis, and this is part two of a two-part um, podcast of me sharing my story of my son, Maverick. So I left you at, I had arrived home from the hospital after giving birth to my baby. So now in the week that follows up, I am a postpartum woman recovering from, of just having had a baby. You know, my milk comes in, all the postpartum things, they still happen regardless if your baby is alive or not. You know, your body thinks you have a living baby because you just gave birth. And all of those things are just horrible, horrible, painful reminders that you did indeed just give birth, that you are indeed healing from just having had a baby. Um, I decided to go ahead and pump my milk in hopes of donating it. So I went ahead and was pumping milk away. It was a very healing thing for me. I felt like it was something me and Maverick could do together. This was his milk. The only reason I was lactating was because of him. And I just could not let that milk go to waste. I couldn't let it dry up. It was like my last physical piece of him, proof that he was here, that he existed, that I did indeed have a baby. So I did choose to pump for about a month after he was born and that was my goal. And at the end of that, it just felt like a good time to go ahead and wean off of that. But I just mentioned that to say that during this week, my milk is coming in, I'm pumping, I'm just dealing with all these postpartum things. And if you've ever had a baby, as you amazing women know, you are supposed to take it easy at first, you know, stay off your feet, um, let others kind of do the heavy lifting. But when your baby dies, that's not an option. So, you know, in the SUV, I went searching high and low at every cemetery, trying to find the perfect one. Um, You know, finally, we found the one that was right for us. At the time, it was closest to our house, but we just loved the view. It had a beautiful view, or it has a beautiful view of Mount Baker. It's irrigated, so it stays green all year, and they just have it gated and locked. And the caretakers just do a really, really amazing job keeping it looking beautiful. It's a very old cemetery. You know, there's graves with headstones that date to like 1802 um, and then up to obviously current time. So we picked that one and, you know, then we had to go back and say, all right, which plots do we want? We knew we were going to buy three one for Mav and then one for my husband and I and we decided to put Maverick between us we thought there's no better place than for him to be between his mommy and daddy and we both wanted to be by him so it was just an easy decision I remember when we were going through that process of buying the plots the caretaker was kind of joking around and being all lighthearted. and I just remember thinking there was nothing light about the situation this was horrible this was awful and that he should be able to read a room better um but we were very happy with our service overall and um we're very happy with the spots that we chose and the view that he had we thought he had the best view of the entire cemetery so after doing that um, with some friends and people from the church we were able to plan his funeral we put together a beautiful slideshow put with a gorgeous song and then wrote up his program for his funeral and my best friend was able to like print those up and actually do like the final putting together of the slideshow so the funeral definitely was a group effort and um, took a lot of really amazing amazing people and volunteers to get that up and running but my husband and i were very involved you know it was the last thing we could do for our son so we wanted to be intimately involved in every decision and choice um 
the lady who did my husband nice flowers for our wedding. She's a retired florist and um, she also did the weddings for his funeral, which was just so perfect and they were beautiful and turned out amazing. When we met with the funeral home, I thoroughly expected to see my son that day or come back later that day or the next day to see him, but they just advised us not to. And as I mentioned in episode one, we will do another um, episode that is talking about your rights as the parent. You have rights and the funeral home cannot tell you what you can and can't do with your child. So this is an area that in hindsight, I get really frustrated with and is my biggest disappointment is that I was not more informed. I didn't really know that I had rights, yet alone what they were, what I could or couldn't do. So I didn't argue. I didn't push back. It was just like, oh, okay. I remember being very, very devastated because I felt like I didn't get to say goodbye the way I wanted to. Like I didn't know at the hospital that was going to be the last time I would lay eyes on my son's flesh. Um, so that was just, you know, another loss, another thing ripped out from underneath me. And there is just a lot of frustration and anger and disappointment and upsetness in regards to that. Um, they pulled out their little infant casket. They only had one option, but it was exactly what my husband was wanting. He was quite particular about what he wanted and this was exactly it. So that worked out nicely and I'll never forget them laying that on that table and I just broke down. I mean, it looked like a child's doll toy. How could this be real? How could caskets be made so small? It just, it was so wrong. Like nothing about this was right. And it just really broke me that that would be the casket my little baby boy would be lying in for all of eternity. I mean, it was beautiful, but it was just really, really hard. So after leaving the funeral home, it was raining. It was a dreary day. It felt just like my emotions. And there was just a lot of upsetness and frustration. The rest of the funeral planning went pretty smoothly, kind of without a hitch. So um, Saturday arrives, you know, it's exactly one week since I gave birth. And I remember waking up that day and dreading it, telling my husband I didn't want this day to occur. You know, I had hoped Christ would come before we got to this point. I was not wanting to do today. I didn't know how I was going to get through it. Um, I was just so disappointed I had woken up on this day. And my husband agreed and felt the exact same way. We basically got ready quietly. I silently cried the entire time I got ready. A beautiful, kind, sweet, gracious woman gave us cinnamon rolls for that morning. And so we did have those. And then basically just waited around till one o'clock when the funeral started. So we definitely got to church early. They put us in a side room where we got to be with his casket. And we had all the family that came that, you know, found it important enough to be there and wanted to be a part of this. We had them all write little notes on the outside of his casket and sign it. So that was a really sweet thing. And I'm really, really happy that we were able to do that. We buried him in the going home outfit I had made for him off Etsy. So it was a little hat that said Maverick and then his little onesie was mammogrammed. And then he was swaddled in a swaddle blanket that was white and it had gray elephants on it. My husband enjoys elephants. He thinks they're really cute. And the first ever thing bought for him after we found out we were pregnant was an elephant lovey. So it was just really, really fitting. And then we also buried him with a tiny newborn size bunny. Um, the first stuffed animal he had been given was a really soft, soft bunny. And um, we decided to keep that bunny, but we wanted him also buried with a bunny. And it just so happened that we had a small, like baby sized bunny that 
resembled the bunny that he had been gifted. They were both white, had the pink ears, had like a little ribbon bow tied around the neck. So we decided to bury him with the bunny and then have um, the bunny that was gifted to him at the baby shower with us. So it was kind of like we had a piece of him. So that is um, what he was buried with. We also had family that wanted to write a letter to him and a card and bury him with all those cards. So I just basically clung to that casket. I hugged it. I kissed it. I cried with it. It felt so good to be reunited with him. If it, even if I couldn't like gaze upon his face, but to know he was in there and to just, you know, be able to hold him and love on him in that way. Um, there was a lot of tears and a lot of silence in that room with the family. When the music started playing, it was the song, song, um, how great the father, how great the father's love for us. And I remember just cringing, thinking, oh no, like that's our, that's our go sign. You know, that's the signal where to walk out. And, um, my husband, my brother, my father, and my father-in-law carried out the casket. They were the pole bearers. And then everybody else in pairs walked out behind it. So I was first behind it with my mom. And I just remember grasping her hand so hard. I couldn't see through my eyes. There were so many tears. They stung. They were swollen. I mean, even getting ready for the day, about half of my eye was visible because my eyelids were so swollen. Um, and I basically sobbed my way through that entire ceremony. It was beautiful. It was sentimental, precious, and sweet. My father um, is a pastor and is a pastor of the church we attend. So he did the funeral. And so it was so sweet to have his own grandfather do the funeral, his papa, as we, as he wanted to be called, um, do that funeral for him. And it was just done with so much love. And then my mom, who is a singer, she's a music teacher, she's been a choir director, um, she sang Amazing Grace, which was the song I had sung to my son every day from the moment I found out I was pregnant with him, um, you know, until his birth. So it was just a song that had a ton of meaning. And she sang that for him. And it was just, it was really, really lovely. The one hiccup was that in the slideshow, the sound man couldn't get the music to play with the pictures. And I remember that really frustrating me and upsetting me and being like, why can't this work? Why is it this right? Like it worked in practice, figure it out, fix this. Like it needs to be perfect. And then he did get the music playing, but my dad had to have him like restart the slideshow from start to finish so that it could play appropriately. And I do remember just being very angered and annoyed by, by that inconvenience. Um, after the ceremony, everybody went over to the graveside and, um, my husband, my dad, my brother, and my father-in-law placed his little casket into the ground after our associate pastor read a psalm and said a few words about it. Could never in a million years tell you what psalm he read or what he said, but I do know that that's what happened. And then after they placed him in the ground, all of the family that was there got to lay a rose on his casket. There was red ones and white ones, and then there was pretty ribbon tied around with them. And then that was it. You know, we had to say goodbye for the last time. I knew that I would never gaze upon that casket again. I would never be so close to my little boy. And leaving that cemetery was really, really hard. It was probably one of the very hardest things I've done. That and leaving the hospital with an empty car seat in the back were probably two of the hardest acts I've, I've ever had to do in my life. After the graveside, we went back to the church for a lunch. I really couldn't eat. I remember some people were so kind, sweet, had a lot of really nice things to say, didn't have anything to say, but just offered hugs and sympathies and condolences. You know, there was a few people that said some really insensitive things. I know it came from a good spot, but I do remember being really hurt by it. 
And then there was one family that was just behaving really, really poorly, one person in particular. And I just remember being so, so hurt by that and just feeling like this was a dagger in my heart. Like, how could you behave like this at a funeral? And being very, very upset by it up to the point that my husband and I had to leave because the behavior was so upsetting. So that was um, a disappointment that somebody would behave that way at a funeral. It's already devastatingly hard to bury your child to attend their funeral. It's completely wrong. No parent should ever attend their child's funeral. Children are supposed to attend their parents' funeral. So it was completely backwards. And I remember continually being hit by that the entire ceremony of just how wrong this was and how backwards it was. You know, how wrong it was that the first time my son entered the church, he wasn't being baptized. It was for his funeral. It wasn't his baptism. Like that in of itself is so wrong. You know, the fact that you know, we were saying goodbye, our farewell wishes, rather than raising him in this church. So it was hard on just so many levels. Um, but that was kind of the icing on the cake. So my husband and I did dismiss ourselves and we had been there for quite a while and went home by ourselves and basically just crashed in bed, crying, just consoling each other, um, just being utterly upset. And that was the beginning of the rest of our lives. You know, at that point, the funeral was done and you know, the next day, everyday life picked up. So it was every day of the rest of my life that was going to begin. And really the very beginning of this journey, you know, having the funeral, the plan gave me something to do. It focused me. It gave me purpose. You know, everything was revolving around Maverick still. And, you know, now that was done. That was the close. Um, and it felt like we were leaving him in the past. Um, so we'll get into more about that and those early days of grief, but that is the first week of my son's life. You know, he was buried on October 12th of 2019. So as I said, exactly a week after his birth and, um, yeah, it was, it was overall a beautiful ceremony. We were very happy with it, but, um, you just should never be in that position as a parent. You should never, ever be in that position. My husband did work with the funeral home in the upcoming months to design a headstone. It was a beautiful black upright granite headstone. It has his footprints, his handprints. Um, it has an anchor in the background because his nursery was nautical themed. It was all, you know, sailor boat themed. So an anchor has really become his symbol. The symbol I see that reminds me of him, that really embodies him. And it just kind of works perfect as well because through all of this, Christ was my anchor. He um, kept me grounded. And so there just ended up being so much meaning to that picture of anchor, to that idea of the anchor. Um, and it's just a very special symbol, you know, for my husband and I. We kept his nursery up. I basically hung out in there at all times. I just felt the closest to him. I loved to look at his clothes. Yes, it brought tears. It brought hysterics. But it was a way for me to be close to him, you know, was to hold his things and stare upon them and just be in the room that was, you know, completely designed for him. That was for him. You know, the room I was supposed to be rocking him and laying him to sleep and all of those things. So I really found a lot of refuge in that room. And that's where you would find me hanging out in the time after his passing. But yeah, um, we will get into our next topic in our next episode next week, which will be the early stages of grief and how one grieves, what is right, what's wrong, what's normal, what's not normal. And um, just talking about like that journey. And if you have a spouse, you know, if you're in a relationship, how do you maintain that relationship while you're both grieving? And, you know, 
if you're grieving differently, which you probably are in all those things. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. Um, I hope that this, you know, just again, helps you understand me better, helps you understand my journey better. Um, so if you chose cremation, you know, that is an, obviously a fine choice as well. We did choose burial, um, which we were very happy with and, and still are glad we went with that decision. So that's just how things worked for us. Um, everybody's story is unique. Whatever you did, you know, I'm sure you did it in the best interest of your child and your family and your situation. So, you know, that's all that really, really matters. I am praying for you women. I am just hoping that I can love on you from afar, that this podcast can be a ministry to you, that it can support you and encourage you. And just thank you guys for being here. And I will see you all next week. Episodes will drop every Friday. Thanks for being here. You wonderful mamas.